Hi, I'm Melanie Walker and this is Grounded. If gardening is your passion, this is the place to be to find out about what's happening in the gardening world. Here we are, definitely still feeling like we're in winter. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so to come and tell us what's happening in our gardens, when it comes to life in a garden, we have Carrie Goodwin. Uh, thank you for having me. And there's so much happening in our gardens. And you'll love this one, is I was looking in our veggie garden at the nursery mm. recently, and the cauliflowers are starting to grow slowly. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness. And the carrots, their tops are, are flush. The noise that they create in the wind, you know, because that's as close to carrots as I'm going to get, <laughs> apart from giving them to the horses. But I love the different textures yeah. that I was discovering in the veggie garden when I was walking around. And I think, you know, we've had this whole month, I always think it's of Nelson Mandela month. Yes. And, you know, we've had his birthday and people have been doing their 67 minutes. And that also, also for me very much brings to mind, what good did you do? Most people are planting vegetables well, of some it. sorts. <laughs> I mean, I think I kind of had a look and, of course, you know, on Facebook, it comes back mm. with what happened, your memories, this, that and the other. And every single year on that day, mm. I was either with my kids planting stuff somewhere at like an inner city farm or cleaning up at Ponty, which yeah. we did for a couple of years in a row, along with Lala and Jay. So it's like amazing stuff. And everybody's like, was saying, what are you doing? And I'm, yeah. I'm just planting things. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we went and did a planting dipslet, which was fantastic. And when we'd finished, then they actually gave us all lunch, which was, and for me, quite an experience, um, polonian cheese and white oh, bread. Of <laughs> <laughs> it was actually wonderful. But then I was so grateful that we had planted all these vegetables mm. because the reason for us going to this church to go and do planting was to actually encourage kids to eat vegetables. Absolutely. Because they're brought up on all these other things that are not as nutritious this is so rich coming from me, but actually I couldn't <laughs> wait to put like a piece of lettuce on my bread to mix with the polony and the cheese. Or And I just thought, you know, when we come back next year, we're going to actually be having vegetable soup. Absolutely. And that's what Life as a Garden has on the recipe for this month. Vegetable was soup. a vegetable soup. Well, yeah. I know that so many people have been battling with illnesses over this winter. And I mean, it's a viral thing, so it's not mm. just the cold. Um, I was speaking to a couple of pharmacists who are saying usually with something like Tamiflu, which is antiviral, which is yeah. the only thing you can take if you get a flu. They've gone from like 40 a month to 120 <gasps> courses a month, which is absolutely wow. frightening with the bugs that are out there. Mm. So the best thing, of course, is to boost your immune system. And mm. the best way to do that is from homegrown veggies, which I've been yes. doing. Chicken yeah. soup for the soul. The Jewish penicillin. <laughs> do you do that? Um, no. <laughs> One of my friends, though, he did give me a recipe for broccoli and chicken soup. Yeah. And I tried to make that. And it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought as long as I had the chocolate afterwards for pudding, that all that counted. <laughs> well, you were saying about um, cauliflower and I've, mm. I've suddenly rediscovered cauliflower, which is like an amazing thing because I don't know why I haven't eaten it for such a long time. I loved it. Because it tastes terrible. No, it doesn't. I do a korma, a vegetable korma with yeah. fresh snap peas and with the cauliflower. Yeah. But I went, I was at the Saxon rooftop vegetable Ooh, garden with Linda. Lovely. Linda, Linda. Yeah. <laughs> and she was harvesting these huge purple heads <gasps> of cabbage. You have no Beautiful. idea what they taste like as well, which is absolutely phenomenal. And of course, it's the time to be, well, if you haven't got them in the ground, you've still got some time. Mm. Crowns of asparagus. And I know one of the people that we work with here was just like, I want asparagus, I want asparagus. <laughs> and I tell you what, if you buy a crown, yes, yeah, sure, you can grow from seed. Yeah. Okay. But that is going to take a while. So you can get a crown and you will actually, by the end of spring, you should have little asparagus shoots coming Ooh, up. Oh, yeah, I do like asparagus. Really? Yeah, I, mean, I think it was because it got melted butter on top. So. 
salt. No, the way we do it is you take it straight out of the ground and eat it there and then. Oh and no, it's so I would only do that for sugar snack peas. No, you can do it with, with asparagus as well. It's fantastic. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm going to take your advice and go and plant some asparagus. The other one that I also really like, and it's more because it's a structural plant, is your artichoke. Oh, yeah. So it's a really nice time to start planting as we're heading more towards spring. And because it's quite big, you need to be able to find a space for it and then enjoy it while it grows all the way up until March next year when you'll only be actually harvesting it. Mm. But it's still, it's a beautiful structural plant. And actually, I love walking into a veggie garden which has an artichoke in it because you just look at it and you go, oh, wow, it gives different heights yes. to what might be happening in your veggie garden otherwise. So, well, so it was lovely fun. judging the Soweto garden some years back and mm-hmm. they plant the artichokes in their gardens. Ooh, they're, nice, because they're vegetables. Yeah. I mean, there's no such thing as a veggie garden <laughs> yeah, yeah. and a flower garden. Everything is together and it looks amazing and it works really well. And that's what I think everybody should be trying to do as well. Yeah. Then you confuse the bugs. But the artichokes, they let them go and they weren't eating them. They were yeah. just letting the chokes go to flower. <gasps> that bright, bright purple, that iridescent yes. violet color. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So if we talk about flowers at this time of the year, then we're still looking at, oh, actually, I'm loving driving around because everything is warm. So the temperature might be freezing cold, mm. but we've got all the warm colors of the African daisies. And they're looking incredible. Mm. And then you've got your aloes, which are all coming into flower. Oh, the aloes and have been absolutely <laughs> delightful. I, yeah. I keep on thinking I should have somebody drive me around because I'm sure <laughs> yes. my car suddenly does a big swerve to the side while I'm looking. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. It's so beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, actually, I even got lost here too, on the way here today because I was so busy looking at all the different gardens instead of concentrating on what roads I should be on. One of the aloes that I like is aloe ice cream. So it's a new one that came out about two years ago. What is it? Pink and white? <laughs> Very similar, yes. Napolitana. So it's a peach and white color. Oh, okay. And obviously I like it because it's got to do with pudding and ice cream. And it's a small growing aloe, so mm-hmm. it doesn't grow much bigger than 60 to 70 centimeters. Ideal for a pot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought that's quite a nice one. And I can see where I live, because I live in an apartment, that a lot of people are putting aloes now into the pot. So luckily we're surrounded by felt mm. and that has lots of the big aloes your melathies and your arborescence and that sort of thing but then people are taking that and then putting it into whatever environment they have at home which could be their balcony one of the things life has gotten is talking about into august is taking your aloes and putting them in a vase really what cutting off the so you the, the um, inflorescences yeah either when your aloes finish flowering mm. or we have a customer at colorful splendor that buys them and whether they're flowering or not flowering, he goes and puts the actual aloe plant itself mm-hmm. into the vase, puts a little bit of tiny bit of water at the bottom, maybe two or three centimeters, which the roots almost get more of the water vapor and he mists it. And it grows beautifully there for about six months. And then inside, when it's inside yeah, it's a full sun room though that he has. Okay. Um, and it fits, you know, if your vase, the way the vase is shaped and the way the aloe is shaped, it can actually fit quite in and then it almost forms like that kind of atrium around the roots. Mm-hmm. Looks very beautiful. And then after six months, because he doesn't like cruelty to plants, then he actually goes and plants it in his garden. So he has a nice mix of aloes in his home, in the vase and outside in his I garden. I must try that because I've started off with just one aloe mm-hmm. arborescence, the Kranz yeah. aloe. <laughs> I now have about 15 of them. I take them outside, put them on the verge. So now uh, yeah. one day I will also have that amazing thing where you drive past somebody's house and all of a sudden there's just this bank of orange. And it's yeah. like just the most amazing time of the year, honestly. Yeah. And it's a nice deep orange for the arborescence. Mm, mm. I'm really enjoying the different colors that the aloes are coming in. Yes. Um, because the melati's got that the very more yellow. Yes. Yellow orange. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, I think we also have to look at that when you're purchasing your aloes, 
actually you kind of do want to go for some of the hybrids because they've been bred specifically for the garden environment. Yes. So when we do have frost, the flowers will withstand it a little bit better than the other aloes, which don't withstand the frost. And so, you know, some people are very against... I want to say the hybrids and they say, no, no, I but really want the arborescence and I really want the melothi and, you know, and those ones you have to be wary of because often if you are trying to go for the purebreds and they're not coming from a garden center, exactly, they've been taken from the felt. This is exactly and what I was going to say. So this is our disclaimer. Mm. Do not buy aloes from the side of the road because they yes. are taking them out of their natural environment and you're actually destroying our environment. Yeah. Well, you know what was so scary for me and it's to do with plants, but there was a long crested eagle. Mm-hmm. seen in Craigle Park this last week, which I thought was very, very strange. And then I was telling a birding friend, and he said to me, oh, you know, I saw a Marshall eagle in Valterfreden Park. Mm-hmm. And we were saying, what are these eagles that are supposed to be out of our urban environment doing in our urban environment? I said, I'm sure it's probably because they're eating all the rats, because there's a huge oh, problem at the moment. moment. Why? Why is it? I mean, my cats are having an absolute field day. <laughs> With field mice. Um, it's not just rats. I mean, literally every single day I have a cat running around the house going, <laughs> with something dangling out of its oh, mouth. No. Why has there suddenly been this influx, especially in the parks areas, of rats and mice? Um, Do you have any idea? I would have said put it down to illegal dumping, which is maybe encouraging rats and mice. I don't You're, know. I hope that wouldn't be the case, but I think it's just not living in a clean environment anymore. Yeah. And that's encouraging the pests. And especially in the wintertime, that's when rats and mice seem to be far more prolific. Oh, they're um, driving me nuts. I have to go and clean up my kitchen. I've found two nests so far. And now I've t- like destroyed those nests. And But at least I have yeah. two ratters. Oh, good. Because there's only 11% of cats that actually go out and catch mice, by the way. Oh, okay. I was going to say, mine have never brought one in. Please no. don't let them ever. I would Oh, no. Two o'clock in the die. morning, I can hear this batting underneath my bed. Oh, batting, no. Batting. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're playing with the mice underneath the bed. <laughs> oh, no. I was going to say, mine go and chase the birds, but then they actually can't catch them either, which mm. is quite nice. I'm thinking, Phew, you can be cats, but you're not going to be wild cats. <laughs> so then the thing is, of course, I think to start encouraging owls into your area. Well, I was going to say, you know, please try not to use pesticides yeah. against the rats because of secondary poisoning. And there are lots of non-profit organizations that will actually put out rat traps. Yeah, there's owl the rescue, rats. there's Yes, and then they take them to go and feed to the owls. Yeah. Because, you know, we were walking along the river the other day and I was so chuffed. It, you sometimes think because of urbanization, the animals will move away. No. And, we have a grass aisle in um, the Yeske below us, and it's still, I want to say it's like clockwork. Half past five, if you're walking on the river, you're going to see it. And well, it's the so best nice. thing in the whole world. I, anyway. I, I lie in bed listening to my spotted eagle owls. Ooh, so you a hear nice that, call. The, the couple of them going, ooh, and the other one goes, ooh, ooh. Who are you? (laughs) I have to have a new song coming up for the owl people. Yeah, Yeah. but I think that is the thing to do, and I think you know the fact that we do see a lot of the raptors actually coming into Mm. our areas. I mean, you think about how they got rid of the rat problem down in PE at the stadiums was to actually bring in birds of prey. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So I think it is. You know, as our climate is changing and as we are molding the environment, Mm. it would be much better if the environment molded itself around us, which I think it does eventually do. But yeah, rather try and see what raptors you've got and what you can encourage to mm. come into your garden. You know, maybe put up an owl box and get them to come in. 
And if the worst comes to worst, it won't be the owls that use owl boxes. It's often bees. Bees go and colonize the box itself. Which yeah. is also a benefit. So, you know, yeah. there's no losing in that situation, whichever one you do. <laughs> um, but then if you're looking for bees, you know, it's also a nice time. There's a lot of flowers that are doing really nicely. So we've already spoken about the aloes. We've spoken about the African mm. daisies. Then you've got, I almost want to say the spring flowering plants are coming in now. So your daisy bushes. Yes. They're looking really quite nice. Which I see osteos are come, have come <gasps> in. Yeah, well, oh, the osteos are looking amazing. Osteos, yeah. They've got so many different colors. Mm. Wow, yeah. Because they form a beautiful bush. So I think, you know, um, you can get osteos in tiny little size pots now, all the way up from 12 centimeters up to 17 centimeters. Mm. But the fact is, once they go into your garden, they're going to form a bush at least 40 centimeters by 40 centimeters. Yeah. And it's just going to be a beautiful color of purples whites coppers oranges mm. for spring yeah, so definitely plant one of those because those will attract the bees and there's quite a lot of pollen on them which is also a really nice one you've got all your nemesias and the asias mm. which are doing great and then if you've got like very water wise gardens a plant that's quite underestimated and yet it's been around for a long time it comes from the eastern cape so it's actually salt hardy water wise frost hardy everything it's called a wit korea that's a good yeah white korea and it's actually a bush, though, yeah. that's got, um, I'm trying to think, pale green leaves. Yes. But it has beautiful white, almost bell shape, not quite fuchsia, but a little bell flower. Yes. It's probably about the size of my thumbnail. Yeah. Is it spelled C O R R E A? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. If you have a spot in your garden where nothing seems to grow, but you want to put something that will attract bees, is water wise, and will form a beautiful shrub, mm. low growing shrub, then this is where you would put that plant. So even, you know, in maybe in your succulent gardens, if you want to soften the harshness of some of the succulents, because mm. it's got beautiful lush foliage, then you plant this. And it would, I think it would suit that environment. And as I say, the white flowers are lovely going now into the springtime. Mm. <gasps> And, and another one. <laughs> so I love it. Yeah, you get so excited about all of this stuff. I'm just thinking the jasmine are almost well, the, just, the, the purple, the pink yeah, one. jasmine polyanthanum. Yeah. They just budding, and soon our oh, whole small. neighborhood is going to be fragrant again. So I can't wait for that. <laughs> well, I can't wait for it either. I have to be quite honest with you. I can't wait for the scents of spring. Mm. Talking about the scents. Mm. The scents of spring, the scents of summer. I can't wait. I always find that you don't really have that much in the way of smells or things that are really, apart from the aloes, all that kind of titillating to the senses because it's very brown and gray and kind of dusty and no rain in Johannesburg. I'm talking about Johannesburg, obviously. Yeah. I mean, the rest of the country, obviously. Yay, rain in Cape Town. Oh, it is wonderful. Yeah. But when you talk about the sense, what I really like now when we're going into springtime is actually that you will start watering your garden a little bit more. So it's that you will? Just a little bit, you know, no. not in the <laughs> in the correct hours no. of the day. Yes, don't forget we're still under, <laughs> like, yeah. what's it, one, but water restrictions, which means you're not allowed to, to water after 8 o'clock in the morning or before 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. At the moment. So, but when, like for me, I'm spending a lot of time outside mm -hmm. and I do water actually in the mornings. And the, when I first turn on the irrigation and when it hits that dry earth and you just have that smell oh. of the compost and the water mixing together, isn't I it, actually really love that. Isn't it called and I-Core? Wasn't it a specific I word for I'm sure it's I-Core, I-C-H-O-R, I-Core, that smell of when rain it's parched earth. Yeah. I, yes. I don't know about the word, but I really actually love that smell. I like the fact that soon, actually I had itchy fingers and I wanted to start doing my lawn already. You know, I wanted to start sclerifying. And I'm thinking, 
are you crazy? What are you doing? It's a month too early. Yes. But I did have these itchy fingers. You want to be outside already. You know, you want to be enjoying your garden. Yeah. But then I'm thinking maybe bring your garden inside instead. Yes. So have a look at the things. That one of the really nice kids activity that Life as a Garden was doing this last month was to do with the school holidays. And maybe you've been to the beach and you collected shells. Yeah. And then why don't you plant a succulent or an air plant into your shell? And I think it's really lovely because actually it's quite trendy because I can see some of your decor shops are putting air plants into shells. Well, I couldn't find so. any shells at the coast that were big enough. I and mean, my children really battled on the south coast to find shells anywhere. Oh, no. Seriously. Maybe we're not supposed to be promoting picking up shells. No, don't pick up shells. There are plenty of shops where you can go and buy them from. They usually bring them in, I think, from Mauritius or somewhere like that. Oh dear. Which okay. is also maybe we shouldn't be doing that either. Okay. Pretend. Okay. Make paper mache shells. <laughs> yeah. Or like ice cream cones that look like a shell yes. type of thing. And then either plant your succulent or put an air plant into it because they need so little water. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what I'm really loving with the move towards succulents is people are saying, you know, how much water must you give them? And then when you're able to say, well, if you plant in a tiny little plant that's probably not much bigger than 10 centimeters, yeah. you can give it a teaspoon every two weeks and it will be sufficient. And they just get such big eyes and they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, a teaspoon every two weeks. And I think what happens with a lot of our, and if we move not only succulents, now, but you mm. move to your indoor plants, mm. like one of the ones that Life as a Garden is talking about is the Monstera. So it's a beautiful tropical plant to put in your home. You know, it purifies the air from all the chemicals that we might be using. Mm. And I know I've done it plenty of times is I overwater it because every time I look at it, I think, oh, you must need water. And so then I go and water it and then it starts getting yellow leaves. Yeah. And then I'm thinking, oh, back off with the watering a little bit. I've got a so. couple of plants, though. I mean, one mm. of the ones that do it very well, of course, is the... Oh, what is it called? Spathiphyllum? Spathiphyllum. Yes. There we go. Peace lily. The peace lily. I was thinking peace lily and thinking what mm. is the name. But that one will tell you when it needs water. So yes. I always have one, those in my gauge and I've got another one as well where the leaves just suddenly droop as well. Yeah. And the moment that I see that happening, I know it's time to water my indoor plants. Otherwise, they don't get watered. Like my outdoor yeah. plants, <laughs> only the pots get watered. So the ones that are in the pot feel quite special. I think. <laughs> Shame, your poor garden. But it looks fantastic. We come and see I'm my sure garden, it it's does. great. It works really well because, I mean, it's all natural compost. There's no poisons in it. There's none of that stuff that's going on. And it gets watered occasionally. Well, actually, that's what you say now is so perfect, that if you've prepared your garden beds correctly, yeah. and now this is the time to do it, you know, towards the end of winter, beginning of spring, look at your garden beds, Put in the extra compost, make your own compost. You know, if you've been doing pruning mm. and cutting off mm. those branches, don't go and throw them in a bag and put them on the pavement. Rather, dig a deep hole, put them at the bottom of your hole, and they yep. will slowly break down. They're going to aerate your soil. They're going to provide opportunity for the earthworms to come into your soil. And the same thing and with other bacteria. Yeah. Yeah. So I think everyone should be, and because just like I had itchy fingers with my lawn, I did the same with the pruning. <laughs> you know, you just want to get that pair of secateurs out and start cutting away at those dead branches or things that might have been hit by the frost that I didn't protect properly with frost cover. <laughs> and Leave I'm them. Thinking, They're still going to have frosts. Exactly. Yeah. And, but, you know, you just look at it and you think, no, I can just cut it a little bit. But with that, if you do take anything from your garden, just put it back into your garden mm. in the form of compost. Because the better prepared your soil is and the more mulch and compost that you're using, the more water-wise it's going to be. And then you can still plant 
a wide variety of different plants. You know, closer mm. to your home, you can plant those which might have a bit more high water usage. Then as you move further away, you can plant those that have less. Well, have a little grassland so, as well, which I mean, you know, yes. we've been talking about grasslands quite a lot. And everybody says, oh, but I'm in such a small space. And I'm like, you can still have a little grassland. Yeah. Okay, you can actually do it. Just a little area that you leave. And I mean, that will also once again bring all of those beneficial insects and all those little wildlife critters. Yeah. Not the rats. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I love about the, I have my grassland is a meter by a meter in my garden. Mm. But I built it purposefully for the robins. Yes. And I do have one robin. She comes, I'll say she, it's a she. She comes and she nestles in there, looks for worms. And what I really like now is the bulbs are coming through. So the setanthus that I planted, yes. they're coming through. And I think that's what's quite nice with the grassland is you have the beautiful green and browns colors. And then you should Pops go and color. then you, yeah exactly you go and plant the bulbs in between them and bulbs are for me are always a surprise like my leucogyms are flowering so we couldn't get the leucogyms this year but i planted them i don't know two Why or three you years get ago them? i got them did you we yeah. couldn't get them in the garden center oh, you must have a special contact i have special <laughs> contacts no i put some in my garden but i've okay. also got the ones which i've left from like the last mm. i don't know as I try to work out, there's over 10,000 bulbs probably planted <gasps> in my garden. And wow. it's a really small space. So I'm always like, what is going to come up this year? Yes. Suddenly I'm like, did I really plant that? <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite with bulbs. I love the fact that my little snowdrops are there and mm. everything like that. They're looking really good. The other thing that's weird that's coming up that started flowering, and you never expect them to flower at the same time. So I've got the clivia in my garden that's yeah. flowering, and I've got one or two agapanthus. The agapanthus are flowering already? I know. So I think the poor animals, because the weavers have come back already and have started building their nests. Yeah. So, you know, look out for food for your birds. If you don't have it from your garden, then add some, yeah. maybe some water to your garden for them. Interesting thing about weavers, by the mm-hmm. way, you know that they go and they strip all the leaves off. Yes. And you walk around wherever they're making their nests and they're just leaves all over the ground. Do you know why? I thought it was because the lady weaver, she was very fussy in house building. No, no, no. It's They strip all the leaves away so they can see if there are any snakes. No And then they ways. tell each other. That's why they pull all the leaves so they've got a good view of the forest floor or whatever's <sighs> underneath so that they can actually see if there's any danger coming. And then you'll hear them if they see something or somebody, yeah. they stop making all that That's noise. That's amazing. Interesting little thing. Yes. Yes. But going back to the birds is make sure in your garden you do have maybe a bit of a water source for them. Yes. Um, some protein source, you know, whether you're giving them soot, which is quite high in fat, yeah. or mealworms, or there's different worms that are available on the market. They're not only meant to be used for fishing and for aerating your soil, yeah. but you can use them for the birds as well. Yeah. And then obviously the seed. So Life as a Garden has a few things on tips for, to attract birds to your garden in August, which is exciting. And then oh, other things that you don't really want in your garden, but now as soon as we start adding more moisture and we start planting all the new seedlings, mm-hmm would be snails and slugs well you know we were talking about some interesting things when we were shooting the other day Mm -hmm. and about beneficial things in your garden but we were doing mainly insects and i started thinking well hardy does they're aerating your soil they may be Mm. very annoying but they actually eat the slugs and snails so you should encourage them into your garden if they make a noise and eat your dog food (laughs) which is very annoying as well um and Surprisingly, centipedes, not millipedes, not your shongololos, yeah. but the centipedes, if you see them, people are always, oh, yeah, no, those are poisonous, we don't want them. They go and eat all of the eggs that the slugs and snails deposit all over the place. Oh, well, that's a brilliant one. Yeah. Because the one pest that we do have in the garden that seems, I think we had a huge problem with it, it feels like this whole year so far has been harvested termites. Mm, people but, have been moaning about termites a lot. Yeah. But then you have to remember, we're sitting on one of the largest termite colonies in the world in Johannesburg. I didn't know that. No, seriously, it goes all the way over from like past Jewel Street. 
yeah. you know, in Malvern, that area, all the way through to the West Rand. Um, oh, wow. I think on the southern side of like Melville Copies, yeah. that whole area. So it, it does go a little bit further towards the parks as well. But it is, and I remember that being told this when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. And it's one thing I've always been fascinated about. One of the largest colonies of termites in the world. So it's not that you could just chase them over to your neighbor. No. They're, they're <laughs> We're there. still going to have them. It's like seven, seven or 17 kilometers. I can't remember exactly. But I mean, how amazing oh, is that? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, but, you know, I think... If they attract more birds to your garden, mm. then they will help with combat the t- harvest of termites rather than always putting down pesticides. But if you do use in pesticides, well, please don't use them. But the thing is that the harvest of termites are actually eating the dead and decaying matter. Yes. They're not eating your brand new shoots of lovely kukui that's coming through. Yeah. They're looking for the material of the grass when you've sclerified it. That's what they're looking for. Yeah. So, you know, they're let dematting. Them, yeah. So they're helping you actually. And I think if you have a garden like your garden sounds like it is, where you have a symbiotic relationship between the insects that are there, the plants, the birds, everything working in harmony, yeah. then you won't worry the detrimental effects that the pests, being the harvested termites, might cause will be so minimal and for such a short space of time that you won't really worry too much I about really, it. I haven't seen termites in my lawn at all. The only place I've seen them is actually when they've been making those weird tunnels on jacaranda trees. Oh, yeah. Oh, what are they doing with those? They, they go up jacarandas. And you can always <laughs> tell. You see that mud that goes up the side of the jacaranda. And okay. by the way, while we're on pests, of course, you must yeah. keep an eye out still for shot hole borer. I um, was hoping it was sleeping the whole of winter. I know in my sleeping. mind it's not, it's not as sleeping. active, yes. But um, there were some people who were saying, oh, we should be working on bringing, why don't we bring the natural predator over from Vietnam? I'm like, do, have we not done enough damage by actually bringing in the particular Uacalia fornicatus? <laughs> you know, I mean, especially in the, no, we must do it because I said, yeah, but don't forget that at one stage they brought in snout-nosed beetles to control some problem and the next thing they started eating all our ladybirds. Yeah. So we must be very careful about what kind of things we have in our gardens as well, not just yeah. poisons, but the predators, the horrible predators. I think that's what the government is very aware of, is mm. they don't want to bring in the natural predator without yeah. doing the testing first to see that it would only attack the shuttle bore. And when the shuttle bore is gone, what do they do then? Yeah. And But they are, I'm sure, very soon going to be Either I don't want to say cures, but things that will slow the shuttle and the detrimental effect that it's causing down. And it's also soon, very soon, we'll probably so talk about it next Arbor month. month. Arbor month, so then you can so just start plant planting tree. trees. <laughs> <laughs> this is my thing. Every single day, every single week on Facebook and wherever, I'm like, please plant a tree. And now, fortunately, thanks to TreeWorks and a couple of other arborists, we do have a definitive list of yes. trees that are South African trees, endemic trees and indigenous trees that we can plant, we really have to start planting now. Yeah. They're looking at between 30 to 60% of the trees in Johannesburg going. We're going to talk about that lots, lots next month. We'll talk month about it in Arbor Month. Yeah. yeah how to. Well, can you believe it? It's like, sheesh, gone like this. <laughs> Too fast. So, by the way, thank you to our illustrious, I nearly got it right. I just forgot the first four letters of the word. When the rain that hits the earth, the smell that comes from that is Petricor. I had oh, Ico. Nice. It's just got Petr in the front. That is the name of the stuff. New word to learn today. Petricor. Such (laughs) a wonderful thing. (laughs) Carrie, thank you so much. And I do look forward to catching up with you again in Arbor Month. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much too. In the meantime, don't forget, of course, if you want to, you know, let us know what you want to be doing in the garden, you can always send us a message. Send it through to, what is yours? We, lifeisagarden.co.za. And it's on Facebook and Instagram and 
we even have a newsletter that goes out if you want yeah. to subscribe. subscribe. Subscribe to the newsletter. It's really mm. worth it. Mm. Thank you very much. Thank and, you very much, uh, too. <laughs> for the rest of you, get out into the garden, enjoy the sunshine, and above all, stay grounded. Bye-bye. For show notes and more information about this episode, go to solidgoldstudios.co.za forward slash grounded.